Welcome to the world's first Straight Talk SolarCast. This is your go-to podcast for answers about solar. Brought to you by Solar Harmonics in Northern California, who invite their customers to own their energy by purchasing a solar panel system for their home, business, or farm. Each episode, we discuss questions facing people making the decision to go solar. The solutions to your questions are given to you straight by one of the leading experts in the solar industry, Jamie Duran, president of Solar Harmonics. Feel free to search our library for answers to questions that you're facing when considering solar. And now, here's Adam Duran, our host with the questions, and Jamie Duran, our solar expert with Straight Talk SolarCast. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Adam. How's everything in the land of solar? Not much solar this week. It's uh, pouring rain again, and uh, you know, in California, you're calling it the atmospheric river, and so, as that name implies, uh, lots and lots of rain. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and so that also means uh, we're not doing much in the way of solar installs, and we have a lot of customers who are getting new roofs or planning to get new roofs, so waiting on that to get them. So this is kind of a a week of waiting and getting stuff done in between the raindrops. Uh, but along with all of this rain, we are getting a ton of people calling. Uh, why isn't my solar working when there's a power outage? And oh. so, and what, how, what can I do to make it work <laughs> during a power outage? Mm -hmm. So there's a, you know, we've covered this in a, a few podcasts, but there are uh, a few things set up. So to prevent solar from working, during a power outage. Right. I thought we could talk about that and then talk about what, what has to happen in order for solar to work during a power outage. So okay. are you are you ready? Yes, I I, I, I think I remember some of these. Okay, I may so the first one yes. uh, is that just about every solar inverter uh, is tied to the grid, uh, meaning that if the grid goes down, the inverter senses it senses the outage, and then it shuts down immediately. Yes. So the solar panels don't stop producing. They keep producing solar power, but it's sent to the inverter, which inverts the solar energy into usable AC energy, but that doesn't go anywhere. It's just left at the inverter. And so the house can't use it, which is insanity to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's your solar power and your solar panels, and it's your energy, you should be able to use it. But this is a uh, rest restraint, I guess, uh, restriction mm. called anti-islanding. And the reason that was put into place is the utility companies, whenever there was a power outage, they would have to dispatch crews because why in the world would the utility voluntarily turn off the power? Uh, and so what happened is they would send a crew out and they don't want their electricity you know, their technicians to get electrocuted from solar energy that's coming through the power lines. Ah, yeah. Okay. And so they, they said, okay, solar industry, uh, you must put this, this safety, you know, all in the name of safety, right? <laughs> safety first. Uh, you must clip this, uh, at the source. So our, our guys won't get electrocuted. And so what that has done is if there's, uh, really bad weather, and there's a power outage. Uh, the solar, especially during the day, and even when it rains, we still get a little bit of uh, solar power. And even like right now, the, the clouds are breaking a little bit, and I just saw my solar just fire right up. 
Mm. Uh, we don't have an outage, so that's really great. And so okay. uh, the solar power that's being produced right now is being used. Right. But now if there's a power outage, that solar power doesn't go anywhere. And so uh, we have actually, we've reached out <laughs> to the contractors board uh, to say that this, you know, this is something that contractors and the state really should get behind because now that these there's solar is getting more and more prevalent in California, it would make sense that we can use this power during a power outage and we need to remove the anti-islanding. It would still not allow the system to uh, work during the night or when there is no solar power. Mm-hmm. But it would allow the solar panels and that energy to be used. Uh, I've talked with PG&E technicians and uh, explained this and had them explain it to me, why it, why it makes sense for them. And uh, they just stare at me because <laughs> they don't know what I'm talking about. And Because they say that whenever, no matter what it is, whether it's a, you know, an outage or somebody ran over a, a transformer or whatever, they clip the power at both sides. So there's no power coming in and no power going out while they're making the repairs. Yeah. That, and so that makes yeah, sense. It's, it would, it's pretty, pretty basic. You know, whenever they say, you know, you're working on your home electrical, uh, flip the breaker to make sure that it's not going to electrocute you. Right. And you know, when you're installing a ceiling fan, for example. And so this, this is their standard practice. And, you know, they said that it'd be crazy to just assume that there's no power that a power line is not active. So we think this is very, very outdated and we would love to get this uh, changed. And so uh, I will post a link in the, in the, uh, in our show notes about where people can write in to the CPUC and the contractors board and let them know that anti-islanding is outdated and it needs to be removed uh, because then it would let people, you know, not even just during this time of year, but the rest of the year. So if there's PG&E turning off the power because they're worried about fires, well, people could still have power from their solar panels during the day. They just, if they exceeded that amount, then they wouldn't have it. And at nighttime, they wouldn't have it, but they would have power during the day. And that would relieve a lot of strain on the grid, especially during a power outage. Yeah, that, it, it makes sense. <laughs> makes makes sense. sense. And then the... So when we do get people saying, okay, you know, I have solar, why don't I have power during a power outage? They don't understand. So we have to explain. So I will be <laughs> sending them this podcast. But then also uh, now we get into the world of batteries. And mm. so now if you want currently the way to have power during a power outage is to have a backup battery. And we've talked uh, exhaustively about solar and backup batteries and why they make sense or don't make sense, but kind of the current thinking is that each battery is about 10 kilowatt hours and they are getting more and more expensive. And, you know, we were talking about cobalt and how it's being mined and how it's only available from the Congo and it's yep. really, really dangerous and really very poorly uh, sourced, but it's really what powers most of the batteries these days. Yep. And, uh, you know, the, the big backup batteries use a lot of cobalt, but they also, uh, they're because batteries are so much in demand from electric cars and from cell phones and anything with a battery, it's, uh, they're getting way more expensive. 
And so now we're seeing like a 10 kilowatt hour battery with installation is, is getting near $26,000. So, wow. Yeah, it's insane. And, uh, that's, that's for the battery, the inverter that works both on grid, off grid. So again, anti-islanding, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus all the backup interface and uh, the critical loads panel. So you have to designate which circuits will be backed up in an outage because no battery can handle a whole home at this time. Uh, but it can handle up to you know 10 to 15 kilowatt hours, which is generally enough to want run uh, one refrigerator, a few lights, uh, one TV, uh, internet for about eight to 10 hours. And then that's about it. And so it's <laughs> the, the batteries, you can expand them and they can add more capacity, but they are, uh, they're expensive. They're, and it's not the, everyone's we're talking to is I'm going to wait for the prices to come down. Might be waiting a while because uh, batteries are, uh, the, the raw materials that go into them are not easily found. And uh, the, the, in the places that are controlling those raw materials, uh, they, they're kind of in a monopoly. So until new technologies come around, uh, we're going to be stuck with high prices for these. But the anti-islanding would make a, a big, big difference and uh, reduce the need for all of the uh, backup solutions, especially during a power outage. So it's pretty pretty interesting, pretty exciting, and uh, very relevant to what we're going through in California right now, because there's just saw an article around us in the city of Walnut Creek, I think like 8,000 people don't have power right now, and oh that's not very fun. <laughs> yes. Well, I did one thing, I did uh, I did hear uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast that, um, that basically the demand for electric cars is driving the demand for uh, battery technologies and all the components for the batteries. And it's not like 20% demand increase. It's like 800% increase and skyrocketing past that because it's not just America who's going through this EV revolution. It's the whole world. And, uh, when you only have one main source for one of the most important minerals in that battery. Yeah. Uh, I don't, Basically, yeah, supply and demand, there's not a lot of supply and there's a massive amount of demand. So that's just going to drive those battery prices up and up and up. It's And it'll it'll also drive innovation as well because... Uh, okay, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. and there, I mean, there's sodium batteries. There's just, none of them are as efficient or as, right. you know, you can... It's uh, just, you know, it's way more compact, but uh, so we might be looking at larger size batteries and batteries are already gigantic, so... It's a, it's a challenge and, you know, we have lots of engineers out there who, uh, who are working on this. So hopefully we will come up with something that makes a lot more sense. I've seen some that are using uh, photosynthesis because that's how plants uh, store energy is in their, their uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Mitochondria? No. <laughs> well, in, in their leaves, essentially, so right. in their networks. So ah. that would be neat plant-based batteries, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but I do think uh, one big step in the right direction would be to remove anti-islanding from uh, solar inverters that would allow us to use the daytime power and at least be able to charge up a cell phone during the day. That'd be nice. So, Yeah. I, and that energy, I mean, I think you're, you're like me, uh, the waste. We don't like the waste. So no. 
when there's if you if it's up there producing power we want to be using that absolutely yeah it's weird that uh it is just turned off like the energy <laughs> goes no it's one pipe going out and then one pipe going in it should be should be like that weird yep i agree oh boy and that's it for today all right we're gonna wrap it up there thank you for taking another 10 minutes out of your week to listen to the best podcast on solar in the universe Mm. I think we can claim that title. If uh-huh. you have a question for Jamie for an upcoming episode, you know what to do. You can go to our Facebook page, Straight Talk SolarCast, send a message through there, and Jamie will be sure to get to it on an upcoming episode. And if you want to visit and explore the library of past episodes going back years, you can go to solarharmonics.com, click on the podcast link at the top, and you'll be taken to a library of our past episodes. If you have a friend who is considering going solar, getting batteries, all have tons of questions, right? This is an excellent podcast to introduce to them because it's a resource of unbiased information, which if they are looking into solar, they're only hearing from biased sources. So this would be a great podcast for them to listen to. So until next time, we'll see you. That's all for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Straight Talk SolarCast with solar expert Jamie Duran. Join us each week for more answers to your solar questions. Speaking of questions, got some? Email us at solarcast at solarharmonics.com and we'll be sure to give you an answer in an upcoming episode. This episode of Straight Talk SolarCast is brought to you by Solar Harmonics, the leading solar energy developer in Northern California, who invite you to own your energy Visit them on the web at www.solarharmonics.com.